Welcome to Season 2 of Unadulterated Heart. I'm Rachel, and this season will be full of God's glory. I will be speaking with many different people to share the testimonies of what the Father has done and is doing in the lives of Spirit-filled believers. We are called to share the testimony of what God is doing because He desires to do the same thing in others. Let's dive in and be encouraged today. In this episode, you'll meet Pastor Josh Koss of Cross Point Church in Carmichael's PA. He's been a friend of mine for about eight years or so now, and he's walked with me through some significant times of my life. Listen in as we discuss a bit about how God got a hold of his life. I would love to hear about some things that uh, God has brought you through that um, really set your course to where it is now today. Yeah. Well, thank you for the honor of being able to share on your podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, it's had uh, quite an impact on this season of my life and mm. uh, kind of has directed uh, even some thoughts of uh, where we're at in a, you know, a current journey as a church and what it means to just come back to the basics of uh intimacy with the Lord and yeah. um, and then also getting a bigger perspective of what the kingdom of God looks like uh, through new lenses. You know, I've, I've been in the church for almost 25 years now and saved for 25 years and it has been um, uh, quite a journey, but you know, this season is uh, unlike any just because I feel like uh, God is tearing down all of my... Um, all of my ideas of what church and kingdom uh, has been in the past. Yeah. Uh, and, and rebuilding and restructuring that and giving me a better view of even other churches, denominations, mm. and um, people that worship of all, you know, all different kinds of backgrounds, church backgrounds, obviously just worshiping Jesus. I'm not talking about anything else. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, so just getting a, a kingdom perspective. So that's incredible. Um, I love that. I love that. Like, you know, even though you're a pastor and you've been in the church for like tw over 25 years and things like that, that you I love your humility and how you know that there's always room to grow because God is infinite. There's so much to learn and we've never arrived. That's I really value that in you and honor that. Yeah, a little bit about my story, and uh, I know that maybe you've heard it before, but my my biggest season of transformation was the, the very first day uh, slash week and months following, um, you know, giving my life to Jesus, and um, it, I was 14 years old, just a heathen of a kid. I was, uh, you know, in a season of rebellion. I, I knew that I shouldn't have been doing certain things, just I, I was raised well but not raised uh, Christ-like. Mm. Uh, and so I, you know, my parents um, end up going through a divorce when I was about 13 years old. And um, when when the, the family unit broke down for me and the intimacy of relationship with my dad always being available and in the house and all that stuff on a daily basis, it kind of broke down, you know, something in, internal inside of me. And I didn't realize it until... Uh, probably um, months later, whenever, uh, you know, I'm trying to fill that void in my life. And, and what I told myself I would never do and, and turn to, you know, I, I ended up turning to in that season. I turned to, you know, curiosity about what it 
what it looked like to get high, what it looked like to drink on the weekends. And I had other friends that were already in that scene, even at the age of 13, 14 years old. And uh, they just got inundated in it. And they, there was a constant invitation. Uh, I didn't have any church friends at that point in time in my life. And uh, so I ended up hanging out with a couple of friends. And before I knew it, I was kind of entrenched in the, the desire to want to smoke weed on a daily basis just to escape my realities. Um, the reality of brokenness in my family, the reality of uh, feeling like I was hopeless. You know, I didn't have much to look forward to. Um, there wasn't any joy in my life yeah. in that season. The only thing I enjoyed, uh, you know, was skateboarding and, um, you know, hanging out with that skateboard crowd. And they always just got high. So that was uh, what I defaulted into in some ways. I just uh, found myself fitting in there. Right. I, I was the life of the crowd. I was funny. Uh, I was especially funny when I was high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I not to make light of it now. No. But, you know, it, that, you know, there were certain things that, um, you know, I, I was doing just to try to fit in and, and be accepted. And, um, you know, shortly after, um, probably within a couple months after living that lifestyle, my, uh, my mom found out somebody, you know, ratted me out, told, told my mom I'd been getting high and getting drunk. And, and that was like, it, it was such a heart crushing thing for my mom because it was like failure. The one thing she mm. wanted to prevent me from and keep me from, uh, you know, she was unable to, and I ended up finding mm. my way into it. And she just was just so crushed. And I remember the tears streaming down her face when she confronted me about it. I was at work and, uh, it was just such a brokenness that she had. And I remember those same tears whenever my, uh, my dad came home and my mom had found out that he had, he had not been faithful to her mm. and it was just it was that same crushing thing and as much as it wounded me and I, I vowed in my heart in that moment like I'm not going to do it anymore you know I still had that void in my life and it was a short time later my my mom had a conversation with my grandfather who's a preacher and uh my pap's like hey let's let's give it a shot let's send him to this church camp and my idea of church camp was like kumbaya let's sit around the fire <laughs> you know, sing church songs. And, yeah, yeah. Um, all the girls wear long dresses. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so, un so unattractive. And right. And all the guys are nerdy and all that. Like, <laughs> that was my perspective right. of church kids my age. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, I I was forced to go to this church camp, and the very first night, um, the preacher had an encounter with the Lord, and the Lord gave him a vision of a young man who described me to a T. Wow. And he ended up calling me, uh, calling me out, calling me uh, to step out of my comfort zone. And I remember just sitting there and just weeping in tears, just so broken mm. uh, because I felt like I was right back in the same place, you know, of like not having anybody, uh, not having a stability in my life. And I felt the presence of God for the first time and it wrecked me. Wow. It, was a familiar it was a familiar feeling, but I had never fully given myself to that um you know, the presence of the Lord before yeah. I had encountered the presence of the Lord in very tangible ways, but I never credited it as the ta uh, tangible presence of the Lord. And then that night when I found myself just broken at that altar, his all consuming love just messed me up in oh, such a healthy man. way that yeah. every brokenness and every wound that I had encountered and every bit of abandonment and every bit of hopelessness and lack of joy was satisfied in that moment. I remember walking out of there and just being so overwhelmed that I had to call my mom and tell her, like, I gave my heart to Jesus. And it wasn't to woo her into thinking, like, I'm a better boy now for you. Right. But it was like that. 
that breakthrough that I wanted her to know how significant of a moment I had with Jesus. And, you know, from that point on, the rest of that week, I just had weekly and uh, daily encounters with the Holy Spirit that just continued to transform me and uh, came back and ended up getting plugged into a youth ministry that just, man, caused me to grow and become a disciple of Jesus and understand what it looked like to not go back the same and to be completely transformed. I think of the man who was, uh, you know, just uh, flipped upside down uh, in his uh, in his lifestyle whenever Jesus approached him. He was a man who lived amongst the tomb, and the Bible says that he was a demon-possessed man and was filled with many demons. And when Jesus cast all that out of him and and he went back to the town. Everybody's seen the transformation. And I knew that that's the, the work of Jesus that was going to be done in me, is that when I went back, I was not going to be the same guy that everybody remembered me as. Right. And, uh, so I've been, been just uh, continuing to chase him year after year. I've had moments of failure, I'll be honest. You know, I've not been blameless. I've had moments of setback. I've been prodigal son at times. But, uh, mm. man, God has put faithful people all around me to continue to remind me of God's purpose and his plan for my life. Mm. And uh, all these years later, here I am now nine years, uh, coming up on nine years at Crosspoint and seeing uh, one of the greatest revivals in Greene County happen before my eyes Absolutely. as a result of uh, God's intimacy. So. Absolutely. I've seen it too. I've seen it too. Crosspoint um, went from like how many, like what, eight people um, yeah, I remember uh, my first Sunday, eight people showed up. Yeah. I'm like, how does this work, Lord? Right. <laughs> like, I remember because I, when I started going there, it was maybe 12. You had a couple more, you know, it was, it was, yeah. it maybe was like 20. I don't know, but it was, um, still such a low number. And now it's hundreds that, that come on a, on a weekly basis. And now you're even have a new campus in Waynesburg. So, so big, so amazing. Like God is just doing such amazing things when yeah. you're faithful with the, um, the small things. He will be be faithful and give you greater responsibility, and you've seen that. You've seen that happen in your life, and that is um, and just absolutely incredible. I wanted to ask you when you had that encounter at church, that first encounter, that um, you tangibly felt the presence of the Lord and His love, and it just changed your life. And then after that, you said that you had daily encounters with Holy Spirit. Um, that continued to shape your life. Can you tell me a little bit about what those daily encounters kind of looked like um, when you were seeking him? You know, some of it I can remember so very vividly. There was young one young man um, in, in the youth group that I ended up going with, and um, his name was TJ. And TJ, um, he prayed over me the, the second night because it was, you know, first night was the washing of the sin, but I felt like there was still some things in me that needed to come out. So the, the obvious, you know, the obvious is that I was, you know, somebody who was slightly addicted to drugs, I was addicted to drinking. Um, you know, those were the obvious. I, one of the most tangible things that I felt like broke off of me was, um, my cursing. I, I was so foul mouthed and, you know, one of the things that the Lord instantly delivered me of, and it's 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 crazy. It, it wasn't one thing that I had to like. Oh man, I shouldn't have cursed and and kick myself in the butt for it. 
it was just one of those things that I noticed, like, I didn't even have a desire to try to pretend like I was a tough guy anymore. And I had to use words to, you know, mess with people. Um, it was just, um, it, it was instantly delivered from my language. And mm. so that was, that was like night one. Um, you know, th- those things were happening, but then there was some, you know, real internal stuff, brokenness, even from, you know, my family and stuff that I was holding a grudge against my dad and stuff, uh, sure. for, you know, you know, leaving, leaving the family and this and that. And I remember nice night to this young man. I just presented myself at the altar. And I just felt so you know, overwhelmed by his presence, even standing there. I was by myself, but this young man came up and I could hear him praying behind me and the words that he used was wash him white as snow Mm. and he just kept praying that same prayer god wash him white as snow lord as white as snow Mm. as white as snow and he just kept repeating the same thing over and over and um at first i thought maybe he just doesn't know what else to pray but i think it was such a powerful uh you know prayer that he was praying because there was such uh you know i had so many years of being tainted and stained <laughs> wow. by the world yeah. and, and just adaptive to the world systems and and to my culture i i learned their ways and i learned what it looked like to you know present myself in certain ways if i wanted to be accepted and loved and all those things and so uh god was tearing down that that second night i remember the third night i i i felt the um you know, the tangible presence of God, uh, by way of, uh, just getting glimpses of heaven. God gave me perspectives of eternity and stuff. And the preacher was preaching that night and his, vi- you know, his messages were so vivid that you could almost imagine them. But as we responded to the altar that night, it was really an intercession for the people back home that don't yet have the hope and don't yet know that Jesus is coming. And, uh, the preacher talked about the blood moon, uh, you know, uh, yes, you know, comes and the blood moon and, you know, the signs and yes. things that would be happening on the earth and within nature that would precede his coming and all those things. And I walked out that night and I've never seen a blood moon until that night. It was oh. right that night when he was preaching. Oh. I walked outside and the moon was blood red. I instantly called my mom again and, and told her, Mom, you got to give your whole life to Jesus. You know, I, I called. I called and asked, talked to my sister that night. They all thought I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know? God was just giving me, you know, all these perspectives of the urgency yes. of uh, of sharing the gospel with people that don't yet know His love. Absolutely, and how tangible and how real it is. Many may be able to relate to growing up in a broken home and wanting to fit in when you were young. When the Father gets a hold of your life, no matter how old you are, you won't stay the same. For some, it may be a gradual process of shedding the world and allowing Holy Spirit to transform you. For others, it could be an encounter that radically changes your life overnight, and then you grow in maturity. Everyone's walk is unique. What we talk about next, you won't want to miss. What God is doing in Pastor Josh's life right now and what he is speaking is something he is doing in many believers around the world. This is definitely a right now word. You are so busy. You are literally, you're a father of, uh, what? it's three, right? Three, three kids. Three kids and a pastor and running. Um, you have help, like you have staff, but like there's two campuses, um, you know, and all the duties of a pastor, the duties of a father, the duties of a husband, like, 
what does your secret time with the Lord look like? Because surely um, that is a busy life. And a lot of people struggle with busyness and um, being able to make God their number one priority, even through their busy lives. And you as a pastor really have to make sure that God is number one priority because you have a flock too. So um, can you tell me a little bit about how you keep the Father your number one priority and um, what your secret place like kind of looks like if you're willing to share that? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's probably the same for many people. Most of the time, your your quiet time, you know, sometimes becomes your car rides. Yeah. You know, most of the time in my car rides, I'll either put on, you know, worship music that brings me to a conversation. Um, sometimes it's just the pouring out of whatever the words are in that song. Mm. I've been listening to this one song by Kim Walker uh, Smith here in the last couple of weeks. And uh, it just says, um, it says the word protector. Mm. Uh, you never, ever, ever let me go. Mm. Uh, it reminds me of how many years he's been faithful to me and all the things that he's walked me through that could have wounded me or damaged me or taken me out. That's a more recent encounter. That was yesterday, just flying down the road, tears streaming down my eyes, you know, music at the top of my lungs, just this (laughs) cry out to God that this is, this is who you've been. You've been faithful. You've been my protector. Mm -hmm. You've been my defender. You've been my provider, you know, all the things. And, you know, your heart just overwhelms with such gratitude whenever you think of all the things that he's been and done for you. So those moments are are precious, you know, those car ride moments. But on a daily basis, I'll, I'll be honest, I try my best to wake up before the kids yeah <laughs> and if you can beat the kids up maybe you can get some moments of quiet and just you know nothing else but the crickets outside you know yeah. hearing hearing the voice of god and stuff and so wow. yeah i've been i've really been really challenged by some entrepreneurial people that are successful in business and stuff like that and one of their attributes is you know the person that wakes up at five o'clock in the morning and starts their day early is the one who you know, has the most success at um, accomplishing and having a clear mind uh, throughout the day. So that's mm. been an endeavor of mine. I've not, I've not done it on a daily basis as consistent as I'd like to be, but it is, uh, you know, a work in progress to retrain my body to wake up early and to go to bed early too. When I do, and specifically Sunday mornings, I, I'll wake up at about uh, three or three thirty on most Sunday mornings. Wow! And just really, really get a hold of every word that God wants to say fully. I might have constructed some things that I feel, you know, were inspired through scripture and some things that he's drawn out in, in my studies. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the intimacy of hearing his voice is so vital, especially in communicating to, you know, people uh, on, on a Sunday morning and stuff. I really want to know what God wants to say to them more than, more than, you know, just my own creativity of, man, this is going to make a great sermon, and I've got all these quotes, and I've got just the right scripture, and I've got all these sermon illustrations that are really Mm. going to bring it to life, and Mm. you know, you can do all those things, but really at the end of the day, is is this really what God wants to say to his church and to his bride? Wow. So, 
That, that is amazing. That is true. That is true humility, laying it down like that. Because in the end times, there will be a lot of churches that, you know, have tickling ear sermons, right? That is one thing that the Father is not pleased with, you know? I think that it's really amazing that you, your heart is, I, you know, can be creative and funny, because you are, you're very personable, you're very easy to understand, lighthearted, and it's, it's awesome. Um, but you're like, you know, no, I want to say what God wants to say to his people today, and yeah. that you're willing to set aside your, um, you know, and maybe change it if you're waking up so early and you had, um, uh, has that ever happened? Like you had a sermon uh, in mind and then you, you get up and then he's like, uh, actually I have this. Does that ever happen? Yeah. And sometimes it's a whole, um, switch up of the sermon. And it's not that, you know, my time invested into what I prepared, you know, all week is wasted. Sure. In some ways it ends up coming out somewhere else. Absolutely. But the timeliness of what God wants to say is so much more important than, you know, my time invested into preparing a sermon. Yeah. I'd rather hear his timely word. And and you never know what that timely word's going to be, you know, because circumstances culturally and um, within the context of, of your church community can change overnight. There's so much racial division in our culture and mm. stuff. It's hard to just plow through with a normal sermon and not address those things. Now you got to pause in those moments and, and just listen to the Holy Spirit of what he really wants to say about the, you know, the brokenness. In some ways, it's the work of the, <laughs> the apostles in some ways and, and the prophets to have that discerning of when to a pause and sometimes it's not even me sometimes it's a conversation that I'll have with somebody else and I'll have the, just the discernment to say you know what God's I feel like God has given you the word for the day yes. and would you be willing to you know come would you be willing to share this week yes. um, and if I if I give them enough leeway typically the the answers usually yes you know for those that you know, feel obedient to, to answer that call. But, Absolutely. Um, One thing that I've really been pressing into lately are the gifts of the Spirit and how evident they're supposed to be in the church today and how Paul, you know, whenever he was speaking to the church in Corinth, how he was like, you know, I can't even talk to you guys with me yet. Y'all are still an infant stage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I know your heart is that you don't want your church to be an infant church. I know we have a lot of, um, I say we as I'm still cross point, I'll always be a cross point um, family member, you know, cross point always does get new members and, um, you know, things like that because it's fresh and it's alive and the people are hungry and they want to know, um, more of him and like cross point does amazing outreaches. And I love that you're wanting to get more partnered up with other churches in the community and, you know, get rid yeah. of this division, get rid of the, um, the, the lines of denominations. And I love that. I love when you said that because that's, that's a right now thing that God is doing. He is yes. wanting to unite his body as the body of Christ, not from this denomination will do this. These guys will do that. This, you know, no, no, we're, we're all meant to be working together because the world is so divided 
that we need to come together to show what unity is and how the father like created unity to be and uh, it takes the yes and the obedience of one pastor like you to reach out and do that in a community and I believe with my whole heart Pastor Josh that as you do that as you step out in in obedience and and unite the churches of Greene County like the move of God is going to be astronomical the great outpouring in Greene County like I remember you would always say that you were praying for what was it a tenth a tenth of the county but we're believing for the whole county. As you guys unite, as you unite under the name of Jesus, it doesn't have to be the tithe anymore. It can be the whole county transformed by the power of God. It, it will be amazing, the move that will happen. When we go to him without the agenda, because you know, unadulterated heart, it's all about no agenda with you, Father. What are you wanting to say to your people? It so takes off the pressure if you think of it like that, like, because then if you, if you don't have an agenda, like you feel like you have to say this, you have to get this point across, um, and this and that, uh, if you, if you take that off of your mind of like, all right, Lord, what's, what's your agenda? What is it that you, it kind of, it puts the pressure per se onto him because then he's the one that is downloading these things into you so that all the pressure is off. It's, it's on him. It's what he is wanting to do, like not what you feel like you need to do. Mm, yeah. So. yeah, I think so often we're, you know, whenever we come to him with our own agenda, our own prayers of things that we want to see happen and, you know, things that we're hopeful that will happen and yeah. stuff, but it might not be his will. Sometimes exactly. we come to him um, asking him to perform. Oh and yeah. When you come, when you come with a different perspective uh, of God, I'm just coming to you, you know, because I just love you so much. Yes. Then, then his, then he does what he does best, and he pours out. Right. So instead of performing, he just pours out. You know. Oh. So we're not asking him to, you know, perform, do a miracle, do a, do something magical on right. my behalf. Right. 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 You know, or or for somebody I love, or you know, any of those things. Lord, I'm just coming to you because I just love you so much, and you know the desires and the needs of my heart. Absolutely. And I, I I know that you're faithful. You've always been faithful, and when you come with that kind of heart, He just pours out, and He ends up meeting you know so many of the requests that we have I know. Uh, deep in our hearts, but without ever having to vocalize them. Right. All we do is just love and adore Him. Oh my, that's exactly it. That is so exactly what he's been doing since January with me. And it, I, you know, you've seen like, it's just been tremendous growth because of that, because I'm not going to get something from him. I'm just going yeah. to get more of him. Yeah. Because exa exactly what you said, just because we love him and want to know him in a deeper way. And that's all like the pure in heart will see the Lord. And when we seek him, we will find him. Those are his promises. And uh -huh. so it's like when we seek him to gain something from him, is that really seeking him or is it seeking him to do something? So it's yes, like, sir. like seeking him, then we find him and then we can pour out because we're overflowing. Yes. I love it. I was just going to say to you, just the season that I'm in right now, because I know he's taking me on this journey of getting a perspective of the kingdom and there is no kingdom without a king. Absolutely. And unless we have a perspective of who the king is, a, a reverence 
for the king. Um, you know, here's what here's what happens over time is that we we simply make things common, and um, and we just kind of get into a rut. I would say, you know, sometimes if we're not guarding and you know making priority for the king the king can become common to us oh come and on the things that we once had in awe and a wonder oh, a childlike wonder that's right about the king for come that on sometimes he, it just becomes you know church and you know relationship with him if we don't guard our hearts can become um common and so wow. one of the things that he's stretching me in right now and i don't know what it looks like it's, it hasn't fully played out but i feel like this is a season of um stepping into something uncomfortable Ooh. and I don't, I don't know what that you know I, I know that that might speak to a lot of people's hearts out there absolutely just stepping into the uncomfortable. come on but um you know it's, it's it's when you're in the uncomfortable that God does the the supernatural that's right um, and and we see we see such an intimacy and a reliance on him when we're in seasons where we're uncomfortable. It's when we become common and just even lackadaisical, our faith and, and that church becomes just a, another week and it's exciting. It's just not as powerful and intimate as it once was. Absolutely. And, you know, so God takes us through seasons, I feel, of shifting and being uncomfortable. I think the ultimate depiction of that is, you know, the, the disciples, when they get pushed out onto the boat and Jesus says, hey, I'll meet you on the other side. And here comes Jesus walking out on the wa- the waves in the middle of the storm in the middle yeah, of the night. Yeah, yeah. And he calls forth Peter. And Peter happens to be the one to step into the uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you look at Peter's situation, he walked perfectly on the water when his eyes were set before Jesus and he was just obedient. But it was when he started to, you know, waver and, oh, I liked it more in the boat. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uncomfortable. yeah. My, my knees could give out. The water could give out yeah. from underneath me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked the comfortable better. That's where right. he began to sink. Wow. And it took Jesus to reach his arm out and stabilize him, and, and which he does in our lives. But I think that the seasons where I've seen the most gr- most growth in the Lord and understood the desires of the Father's heart the most is when I've been in uncomfortable places. Wow. You know? Wow. So, so when I, he's... I don't know what that looks like, and I don't know what that means, you oh. know, for this season. Oh. I, I, I have a big vision for the county, <laughs> but if the Lord wanted to take me and put me anywhere... <laughs> You know, I'm his vessel to use. And, and that, that let me just tell you, that makes me uncomfortable to even think about, you know, the Lord shifting or doing something. I mean, we just established a new home. Right. We, we just kind of got into a good uh, season, a little bit of a, a healthy routine with the kids and their, all those things. And to just uproot all that makes me a little uncomfortable. But at the same time, I would never want to not step out into the unknown because, you know, I, I feel like... Um, the late obedience is disobedience, Ooh. and I don't want to ever be in that season of Come late obedience. on, that's so. so powerful, Pastor Josh. Whoa, I am so glad you said that. That is exactly something he's been speaking straight to my heart as well, and, mm. the, and that's the whole reason that I'm moving to Pittsburgh is because exactly what you just said, delayed obedience is disobedience. I agree wholeheartedly, and I, because here's the thing. If you have delayed obedience, why? It's clearly because you, what, fear something, right? Mm 
Um, you know, you're, like you said, you're too comfortable. You don't want to let go of something. Um, you know, maybe a little selfish, maybe, you know? Yeah. So, uh, like, if you're delaying the obedience, it's for a negative reason, clearly. Not fully trusting him, maybe. Um, whatever the reason is, it's not good. If we're called to step out, like you said, into those uncomfortable things, um, we're going to see way bigger moves of God when we do that because he sees that obedience and he honors it with more of his presence, more of his power, more, more uh, opportunity. It makes so much sense to step out into it like than to, to give up something that could be spectacular in your life. Well, that'll tell you if he's king or he's common, right? Oh, come on. What? That'll, you know, if, if, if you're, if you know it's him and he's speaking it, you know, the king told me, um, he gave me marching orders. He, he gave me my appointment. He, he gave me my direction, you know, and, and really that's, you know, we're, we're kingdom ambassadors while we're here. We're kingdom kids that's on it. mission for the king. That's it. And biggest objective is to get to the end of our life and hear, well done, good and faithful serving. You don't get to hear faithful if you've not been obedient. Ooh. And so, <laughs> man, I feel the, I feel something coming on. Right? Come on. <laughs> I, I feel like some things are pouring out of me that's been in my heart for a while. So I'm telling um, you what, like this, that is because F before every episode, uh, if Darlena can't come into it with me, I like go straight to the father and just say, May your will be done for this episode. Every single time, it is what you want, Lord. And when I edit, every time I edit, every time I, you know, um, put in like the little notes in between the talking, it's all straight. I go to him first. It's never yeah. from me. It's it's always like with very prayerfully and fasting. It's it's as you know, not it's not me. Yeah, so. well, I, I, you know, I'll be honest. I didn't come into it with any preparation. I, good. Because I, I didn't know what you were, you know, wanted me to good, share or good. How, what the direction of it, any of this would be. Good. And so I, I, I didn't come with notes. I just came I love with it. the, you know, pure-hearted conversation from a brother to a sister Oh, in come on, yeah. come on. See? See what yeah. happens? See what happens, yeah. Master Josh? This is why I said yes to the podcast, is because when me and, and uh, Darlena started having these types of conversations that were so revelatory, so relevant, <laughs> relevant, revelatory, like, they were so powerful uh, for, for the Father, I was like, girl, what are we doing? Are we having church, like, every day? Like, li- yeah. like look at what's yeah. happening. All the revelation just pouring out. And this is what he does because this is what he wants to do in the church. He wants to pour himself out. And with people like you, people like me, people like her, the ones that are willing to be open and just, like you said, just be a vessel for him to pour out of. He's like, yes, I can work with you because you don't have your own agenda. You don't have something that you feel like you need to say. You want to say what I want to say. And he's like, yes, I can use that. So good. That's awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Hey, like, thank you, Rachel. Wow. To, to share and always great to talk with you. And I know. Celebrate the things oh, that the Lord's doing in your life Come as well, on. So. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. I just... I just love you so much. You're just... Likewise.
Wow, what a timely word for this season. I know there's more of you out there that are willing to be an open vessel, ready to go where you're supposed to go and do what you're supposed to do for him. I mentioned that I moved to Pittsburgh. Let me share quickly how God confirmed this to me. So I was driving to Pittsburgh a couple weekends ago and I had a quick thought pop in my head that said, I could live here. And I'm like, no, no thanks. I definitely do not want to live in Pittsburgh. And then the very next day, my aunt said, hey, do you want to hear a vision I had? And I was like, all right. And she's a believer, by the way. And she said, I had a vision that you moved to Pittsburgh. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I had a thought that I could live in Pittsburgh just yesterday, so I'll pray about it. The very next day, a friend got a hold of me. This is a friend from work that I never talked to outside of work. And she asked if I lived in Pittsburgh. And I said, no, I do not. I live in Meadowlands. And she said, anytime I think about getting a roommate, you pop in my head. So if you ever want to live in Pittsburgh, you have a place to stay. So God confirmed his word through two or more people. And so a week later, I moved to Pittsburgh. If God is confirming something in your heart for you to do, do it with quick obedience and just see what happens next. All right, guys, be blessed. We'll see you next time.